your daily podcast on the Iowa Hawkeyes. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back, Hawkeye Nation, to another episode of the Locked On Hawkeyes podcast, your daily podcast covering your Iowa Hawkeyes on the Locked On Podcast Network. As always, I am your host. Excited to be back for another episode today. And I want to thank you for making the Locked On Hawkeyes podcast your first listen every single day. You can find the Locked On Hawkeyes podcast wherever you get podcasts at Monday through Friday for free, as well as on YouTube for free at Locked On Hawkeyes. And on today's show, we are breaking down the spicy news and recruiting the Iowa football team. Many thought was dead on arrival when it came to recruiting for the class of 2022. Things are changing as the winds keep racking up. We're going to talk about that on the show today. And as we do every single Wednesday, we are breaking down what was said in the press conferences from Kirk Ferentz. He had some pretty interesting things to say about James Franklin's injury comments. And we're also going to talk about Jeff Brom and what he had to say about the Iowa football team. Uh, spoke very glowingly about the defense, and they're even copying some of the principles that Iowa has instilled in their defense over the past 20-ish years. So we're going to talk about all that on the show today, and let's get into it. Before we do, though, I want to remind you that we have dropped three episodes this week already, one on Sunday, two on yesterday. So we have the LaShawn Daniels interview with uh, me talking about the Iowa-Penn State win. Yesterday, we dropped uh, analytical deep dive as well as a rankings um, kind of talk and analysis for the Iowa Hawkeyes. And we also did a basketball deep dive as well. So make sure to check all that out. Let's get into it, though. As we kind of figured, Iowa had such a big weekend from a recruiting standpoint. So many big names. A lot of their highly targeted or highly touted targeted guys, Kyler Casper, Xavier, Caden Proctor, you name them, they had them there at the Iowa-Penn State game. When you get a big win like that against Penn State, the way they got that win, with the way the crowd was electric, storming the field, you better believe there's going to be some positive news coming out of Kinnick. And there absolutely is. Tyler Barnes even is getting in on the mix. Sounds like we could be expecting a commit sometime this week from a guy who previously committed to Cal. Or maybe I'm just I'm just speculating. There's a running back out there that's currently committed to Cal. Uh, there's a crystal ball in there, Caleb Johnson, for him to go to Iowa now. I Tyler Barnes posted some interesting stuff, some very cryptic, cryptic, cryptic tweets. Excuse me, um, basically outlining the fact that we might be getting a commit soon. But we're also looking at flipping several players at this point. Iowa is targeting another offensive lineman out of the state of Missouri, a guy who's already committed to Missouri. He is teammates with another top Iowa prospect as well, Armand Memo. He's an interior offensive lineman, 6'4", 275 pounds, a top 700 player. Currently has 10 offers, including offers from Mizzou, Arkansas, and Iowa State. Iowa is in on the mix, and there is a crystal ball in for him to go to Iowa now. Things are working quickly when you start racking up the wins especially when you have an offensive line like Iowa does, when you have the history and the pedigree that Iowa does in developing offensive linemen, you have to at least give them a consideration. So Iowa, in on that guy, starting to progress really quickly through the recruiting process there. A former target of Iowa, Brian Allen, who decommitted from Illinois. He originally had Iowa and Illinois both as his top two teams, and it looked like it was trending Iowa before the last second he changed to Illinois. He is now decommitted from Illinois. It sounds like he's getting some interest from Oregon, and he's also still very high on Iowa. You better believe what he saw, Iowa versus Penn State, and also these previous, these last six weeks, has definitely made him reconsider where he could be going. Iowa is still in on that recruitment as well. Iowa is also in on the recruitment for TJ Hall, 
a cornerback commit to the University of Washington. He's out of California. He's a three-star guy. And Washington, similar to Iowa, has a very strict no-visit policy. Yet he visited Iowa. Clearly, there's some intrigue there from TJ Hall to the Iowa Hawkeyes. And when you look at what Iowa is doing defensively, especially in that secondary, why wouldn't a secondary player want to play for Phil Parker and that secondary? And Iowa clearly getting in on the mix for him as well. Right now, Iowa's class is ranked 12th in the nation, or 12th in the Big Ten, excuse me. But with several of these guys trending towards Iowa, chances are this recruiting class is going to pick up some steam very, very quickly. I expect over the next month we're going to see quite a drastic change in the perception of this recruiting class, a class that has several very good players and already has a nice base. And as we know, this class was not going to be huge. But with Iowa's continued winning, 6-0 at this point, you better believe people are looking. Recruits are looking. Recruits want to take a chance to play for Kirk Ferentz, especially when they see the passion and the atmosphere of Kirk Kinnick Stadium with all those Iowa fans out there. So kudos to all of you listening here who was at who are at Kinnick. You definitely put on a show, and you are making these recruits feel like they have no other option but to play for the Iowa Hawkeyes because if they don't, they will not get to experience that at any point in time. So very exciting stuff nonetheless. I remember back a couple months ago, I was trying to talk us all off the ledge here. We kept missing out on recruit after recruit after recruit. A couple guys in state as well. I said, be patient. Iowa has a plan. Now, I did not expect the plan to be go 6-0 and start targeting a bunch of guys that you want to flip. But nevertheless, I'm here for it. With Kirk Ferentz, with his pedigree, with his history, you have to trust in what he's doing at this point in his tenure. You have to trust what Director of Recruiting Tyler Barnes is doing to this point. And as we get more news from a recruiting standpoint, we're absolutely going to be breaking that down for you right here, giving you all the ins and outs. I want to talk to you about what Jeff Brom said. Again, he talked a lot about Iowa and his respect for Iowa. He also talked about several of the key guys who might be out for this game. So I'm going to tell you about why that's important. That'll be coming up in a few short moments. But I do want to tell you about prize picks because if you are a college football fanatic, you will absolutely love prize picks. Price Picks is daily fantasy made easy. I love this, and I know that you will too. Price Picks is a leader in college sports daily fantasy. They offer more college football props than anyone in the world, and they offer all the star players and also some of the mid-major players you might not have even heard of. They have props for literally everything from yardage to touchdowns, even interceptions thrown. And one of the best things about Price Picks is right now, you can get a 100% instant deposit match up to one hundred dollars when you use the promo code locked on that's l-o-c-k-e-d-o-m you can also combine sports as well football basketball combine them together win even more money at prizepicks.com and prize picks you can make entries in as quickly as time as 60 seconds or less it is that easy don't hesitate check out prizepicks.com and use the promo code locked on l-o-c-k-e-d-o-n or go to your app store and download the app today prize picks is daily fantasy made easy and I want to thank you all for making the Locked On Hawkeyes podcast your first listen every single day. You can get the Locked On Hawkeyes podcast for free wherever you get podcasts at Monday through Friday. You can also find us at YouTube or on YouTube at Locked On Hawkeyes as well for free Monday through Friday. All right, y'all, let's get into it. Jeff Brom had some very interesting things to say about the Iowa Hawkeyes in his press conference. You got to, I got to remind you all as well. Purdue is coming off a of bye week, so they've had an extra week to prepare for this Iowa Hawkeyes squad. But what I found interesting is that Purdue has been studying the Iowa Hawkeyes the entire offseason. When asked about Iowa and what they do, he really went into about how they want to be a lot like Iowa. 
which I thought was so interesting to hear uh, a college coach, a college coach within the Big Ten, say we want to be a lot like Iowa. When they talked about Iowa, people were asking, what do they do so well to force so many turnovers? And he said, well, they're coached very well. They understand the package. Iowa is a team we studied greatly in the offseason on both sides of the ball just to get a feel for exactly what, what we're doing defensively. And remind you, Purdue has a new defensive coordinator as well. De- defense has not been a strong suit of Purdue. So it speaks volumes. They are looking at what a premier defensive team is doing. He went on to say they've been at the top for the last few years, and really they pride themselves on all their eyes being on the quarterback at all time. They play a lot of zone coverage. They've adapted and adjusted to a certain degree, whether they're not giving up big plays over their head. The first couple of years, we were able to hit a couple of those on them, and they do not give those up anymore. They do a really good job of playing tight enough, but yet far enough off that you're not going to sh- throw it over their head. They don't allow you down the middle of the field very much. They do a really great job with their safeties of cheating that to a certain degree to make sure that you're not going to get a cheap pass down the middle, which is extremely smart. So again, Purdue understands what Iowa is doing. And out of all teams in the Big Ten, Purdue has done the best job of attacking Phil Parker's defense. Now, a lot of people, when you think of Purdue, I, I do this as well. I get some fear in my eyes. Purdue is one in three over the last four seasons against Iowa. They have done a fantastic job of taking down Phil Parker's strong defensive unit. They do it in ways that Iowa doesn't like to be beat either. They've done it with deep passes. They do it by throwing 70, 80% of the time. Last year, they kind of audibled a little bit. They basically threw to David Bell 20 times and then ran with Xander Horvath. 23 or 24 more times as well, running it down Iowa's throat consistently. So Purdue is a team that does scare me. Yes, they have struggled offensively this year a little bit, but they understand this defense better than any other team in the country, in my opinion. Purdue is a team that scares me very much when they have the ball to see what they're going to do. And when you have a playmaker like David Bell, you have to be worried about where he's going to be at at any given time. And you better believe Jeff Rom is going to have a game plan in place to attack Phil Parker's secondary consistently throughout this game. So what can Phil Parker do to to stop this? We're going to see how he handles those in-game adjustments. This is truly going to be a beautiful chess match. Now, we talked about Xander Horvath last year. Xander, the starting running back for Purdue, absolutely dominated Iowa. He had 21 attempts last year, 21 carries, for 129 yards, averaging 6.1 yards per carry against Iowa. That is never a recipe for success for the Hawks when you're allowing Purdue to run all over you. He went into the season as the starter as well. To this point, only 23 rushing attempts, 89 yards, and one touchdown, but he has been injured most of the season. Yeah, Jeff Brom spoke on his injury, and it sounds like he is not going to be back this week more than likely. Also not coming back is Abdur Rahim Yassin, who is the third to fourth receiver this year to this point, eight targets in three games. He's a former four-star recruit. He is not going to be back for this game either. He also does believe, though, that there are a few guys he is optimistic about. Corey Trice, one of their starting cornerbacks, is likely going to be back into this game. And also their starting tight end, Payne Durham, who last year was honorable mention all Big Ten. This year to this point, 18 receptions, 209 receiving yards, and three touchdowns. He is the seventh highest graded player on the team and the fourth on the team in targets. He is a guy who is also expected to be back in this week. So Purdue getting several guys healthy over that bye week, but nevertheless, a rushing attack that has struggled so far to this point for Purdue. And we're going to talk about that on tomorrow's show. Purdue's struggling rushing attack is not going to have 
their star, their starting running back. So that is going to be huge for the Iowa Hawkeyes in this game, getting that information from Jeff Brom. He also mentioned when people ask him, what does he want to approve? He said, I think stopping the run is always a priority, and we've done a good job at times of that. Now we commit quite a bit to doing that, and there's got to be some times where we play a little more pass coverage and can still stop the run. So to do that to your defensive linemen and linebackers got to strike and get off blocks, make plays without getting extra guys in the box. So we have to have a little better balance of doing that. What he's basically alluding to is that when they know there's a run coming, Purdue has done a good job of stopping it. When they have a little bit of potential variety in what could be called, i.e. maybe a second and five, a third and five, where you're not sure if it's a running play, or even if it's a third and long where more than likely going to be a passing play. Teams have been able to run effectively on Purdue, and he wants to be able to stop that. Now, that'll be really interesting to see what Brian Ferentz has seen on tape in regards to that, because against Maryland, they were doing a really good job of stopping the run going into that game, and technically in pass defense as well. Iowa said, we're going to flip the script, and we're going to throw the ball a lot on first down. We're going to throw the ball on second down as well, and then we're going to set the run up by throwing the ball a lot. Iowa's mantra going into games is usually run, 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 play action pass. We've seen Brian Ferentz do a good job of flipping the script, though, in these games, and it sounds like that could be a recipe against Purdue as well. They're doing a great job in stopping the run early on. Iowa needs to figure out a way to get them on their toes because when they're not sure what's coming next, as if any defense is going to be good when they're not sure what's coming next, Iowa needs to attack them by throwing the ball as well. So that'll be really interesting to see, except for Purdue has improved defensively. When we mentioned the fact that Jeff Brom studied Iowa all offseason, it's worth noting that with this new defensive coordinator, Purdue has been pretty solid in the past defense. They are allowing only 175.2 yards per game, which is 13th in the nation in terms of passing yards per game allowed. They are 8th in the nation in completion percentage allowed at 52.14%. For reference, Iowa is 10th. They are also 50th in rushing yards allowed per attempt at 3.8. Again, Iowa is 10th, but Purdue getting better defensively. So that is going to be interesting to see how Iowa handles that unique challenge and also whether Purdue's up for a challenge against Iowa. I'll be talking about that on tomorrow's show, who Purdue has actually played to be able to give them credit in terms of defensive energy and defensive improvement. But we're going to talk about all that on the show today. He also talked a little bit about his secondary and said, I think our corners have done a really great job. They've challenged routes. They've been very aggressive. I think our safeties will continue to get better. Supporting the run is important, but also in certain coverages, that's a position that you cannot get the ball thrown over your head. And we've had that happen too many times. So we've got to continue to work on that, which we have. We have veteran players on the defensive side of the ball. A lot of guys that have played a lot of minutes. Again, what we're talking about here is that Iowa has shown they can throw the ball deep if they need to. And I expect we're going to see that a bit more in this game. Brian Ferentz is going to have a different game plan against Purdue than what he did against Penn State. Penn State, they're playing a little bit more conservative. They wanted to be smart with the football. You needed to protect the football first and foremost. Against Purdue, Iowa's probably going to open it up a bit, challenge their secondary, and then open up the running game by doing so. That is my expectations coming into this game, especially if they're having difficulties covering the deep ball. We've seen Iowa have a bit more of an explosive passing attack lately these last two, three games with Keegan Johnson getting involved, with Nico Regani in that Penn State game. Charlie Jones has had several nice deep completions as well. So I expect Iowa to kind of flip the script a little bit in this game. Coming up, we're going to be talking about what Kirk Ferentz had to say. He had a very interesting comment on injuries, uh, basically calling James Franklin 
out a little bit. So we're going to give you all the history on that coming up in a few short moments. But I do want to tell you about Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar on the market today. Built Bar is the protein bar that tastes just like a candy bar. It comes in nine delicious flavors, plus the occasional limited time flavor, like white chocolate birthday cake with sprinkles, which is absolutely my favorite. But not only do I love the taste about these Built Bars, I love the health benefits as well. Built Bars are amazingly good for you too. 17 to 18 grams of protein, 130 to 180 calories, only four to five grams of sugar, and only four to five grams of net carbs. Nine amazing flavors, all tasty, all healthy. And did I tell you that Built Bar is actually the official protein bar of the USA track and field team? If it's good enough for our Olympic winning USA track and field team, it's probably good enough for us. So go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKED15, that's L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5, and you'll get 15% off your first order. Use the promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. All right, y'all. So as I mentioned before we took a break, Kirk Ferentz had some very interesting things to say about injuries from the Penn State side. But before we get into that, he had some very good things to say about several injuries and also some somewhat positive leading things to say about another injury that has been on everyone's mind, Riley Moss. So we said on the injury front, mixed emotions, not happy that Riley Moss was injured, but the good news is I think we'll get him back here in a couple of weeks. At this point, this is not Kirk saying this, but at this point, my expectation is that Riley Moss will be back probably by the Wisconsin game. So get after this game, Iowa has a bye week, get healthy, Riley Moss, and then come back for that game against Wisconsin. And he also made a note, Kirk Ferris did, of saying that there was no surgery involved, which is always a good thing. And also to clarify further, he said, the injury took place during the play. It seemed like somebody went off on a tangent there, and that's not correct. It did not. It did take place on the play. So, again, people were talking about, was it him celebrating? We went back and looked at the tape. I did not see any celebration that happened. It did look like he banged his knee very, very hard when he went down. And it sounds like right now he's not in crutches, but he is wrapped up. So, good to know that Riley Moss is more than likely going to be back here in one or two weeks. And what's going to happen? We talked about this on the show yesterday, but Terry Roberts is going to step in and replace him. Terry Roberts, we talked about this all week, but has done a really good job when he's been asked to step up. This past week, four targets, only one reception allowed, and two pass breakups. He did a pretty good job. He has some work to do from a tackling perspective, but Terry Roberts has shown that he is able to play in big moments. He's been doing it on special teams, and now he's ready to step up into the starting lineup, a spot where he is likely going to be next year, and show what he can do. It's also worth noting that we saw Xavier Williams, the very highly touted transfer out of UNI on the depth chart. Now, Kirk got a question about Xavier Williams as well, and he said, for Xavier, he's been doing a lot of good things behind the scenes. That's one position where we've had some depth in Terry and Jamari, but now that gives him an opportunity. Unfortunately, Riley is out, but that's how football is, and it gives everybody a chance, and he's worked hard, so we're confident he'll do a good job if he gets called on. Now, granted, you don't want to see injuries. But it's nice to know that Iowa has so much depth. The fact that they had a very highly touted grad transfer as the number five cornerback on their team. But we're going to get a lot of Terry Roberts time. We're probably probably going to see Jamari Harris a little bit more. And we might see some Xavier Williams sightings in this game against Purdue, a team that does like to spread it out quite a bit. A team that also has given several Iowa cornerbacks some troubles. This is the game a couple of years ago that a lot of people from from Iowa, did not like Riley Moss for. He struggled against Purdue mightily. Iowa's going to have their hands full in that secondary, so we expect to see quite a bit of rotation if things do not go well early on for the Iowa Hawkeyes. 
In addition to the injury front, we also got questions about Connor Colby, who went out pretty early on in the game, and Monty Potterbaum. He said this about both those guys. They are practicing. He expects both of them to be ready to play, which is fantastic to hear. Before we get into the very uh, very passive-aggressive comment Kirk made about injuries, I do want to also say and give you these quotes about David Bell. He spoke very highly of David Bell, just like he did about Jahan Dotson last week. He said, David Bell is one of the best players that I've seen in quite some time. We certainly haven't had much luck defending him. He's playing at a real high level once again, predictably there. So that's going to be a, a big challenge for us. It's a challenge, but the real challenge is the fact they have other guys too. Their other receivers are good. They have good size. And so you can't just put two guys on one and the number zero is going to have a field day. So it's it's that's where it's hard and tricky. And he went on to say a little bit more about what Purdue does that is so challenging. But I want to quickly take a moment to stop there because – I mentioned this with Deshaun Daniels. Maybe you bracket coverage. You do bracket coverage over David Bell. Maybe Iowa moves a bit more to man coverage, and then having that bracket coverage over David Bell, maybe that's the play. But again, as Kirk said, there are concerns that all the wide receivers on Purdue can do damage against Iowa, and we've seen them do that as well. I remember a couple of years ago, Terry Wright had a field day versus Iowa. The number three receiver having a field day versus Iowa because Iowa was so focused on the other guys as well. He was getting behind the defense several times, causing Iowa fits all over the place. So that is going to be a very big challenge for the Iowa Hawkeyes coming into this game. And as Kirk alluded to a little bit more, the challenge is the fact that Purdue does a lot of different things a lot of different ways. They make you defend so many things. They have gadgets and trick plays on special teams and offense. They make it a tough preparation. This is all from Kirk now. Kirk also said they have good players and their players have hurt us with deep balls. And it sounds pretty basic, but a lot of people won't try it that way. And they have done a good job of that. So you really have to defend everything. And that's to keep that's keeping pressure on you defensively. And so we got a lot of respect for them. And for obvious reasons, I'm well aware of that. Believe me, he's aware of the fact that Purdue has really had his number the last couple of years. Clearly in evidence by what he's talking about. Purdue has not backed down from Iowa. They are not a team that goes in and says, you know what? You have a very good secondary. We're not throwing the ball. You know what? You don't get beat deep very often. We're not throwing the ball deep. Purdue has no shame in their game. They're attacking you every different way, and that makes it so difficult for the Iowa Hawkeyes as they come into this game. But I want to quickly say Iowa coming into this game, or sorry, Purdue, excuse me, is not the same Purdue offense we've seen in the past couple of years. This is a struggling offense to this point. They're not as strong. Now, granted, they have some very good players, and they are a good offense, but they're not the same Purdue offense we've seen in the past couple of years, and they have a quarterback rotation that they have still not been able to figure out to this point. Now, last thing I want to say in regards to injuries, I want to read you this quote, and I'm going to talk a little bit more about it. Kirk said, as far as injuries goes, he's definitely made note that he doesn't want anyone to be hurt, right? That's a very big thing. He doesn't want anyone to be hurt. He would never wish that on anyone. But he did say in regards to fans booing for injuries, he said, I probably think it's a reaction. There were a couple of guys that were down for the count and then we're back a play or two later and our fans aren't stupid. They're watching. They know what's going on. I've been here 23 years. and I think that's only the second time we have seen that kind of stuff going on. I know it's a topic nationally right, right now. It was one of the discussions of the rules. They don't quite, nobody knows the answer to it. But it's, and also I know for a fact that people, I'm not saying, I just, there are two people in our building that have been places where there was scuba or dive, no, scuba or turtle, he said, were the code word. So it goes on. We don't coach it, haven't really been exposed to it. And our fans, I thought they smelled a rat. And I guess, I don't know. So they responded the way they responded. I really love Kirk and how he's getting in his old age. 
very passive aggressive, basically calling James Franklin out. And one of the things to note about that is that Tyler Barnes, the director of recruiting, Kirk's son-in-law, happens to have coached or been with James Franklin at a given point in time. He was at Vanderbilt with James Franklin. So he has an understanding of what James Franklin does. That is very interesting. Now we talked about that. We I talked about it with LaShawn. It looked like Penn State was intentionally doing that. It happened to come after every single big play. It seemed like Iowa had a guy would fall down, then he'd get right back up and come in. That's absolutely ridiculous. And the fact that James Franklin had the audacity to go out in public and say something about it, I think is just absolutely ridiculous. I had a lot of respect for James Franklin, but in doing that, Seemingly what it seems to me is just truly ridiculous. Nevertheless, Iowa prevails. Kirk Ferentz gets the last laugh, uh, basically calling out James Franklin and the Penn State staff for having stuff like that to basically hurt the momentum of the Iowa Hawkeyes. So that being said, that does do it for our show today. We broke down everything from Jeff Brom and Kirk Ferentz. On tomorrow's show, we're going to be breaking down everything you need to know about Purdue and why this offense is not as scary but what they can still do from a damage perspective against the Iowa Hawkeyes in this game and all the people you need to be worried about coming up for this offense and what to expect from both quarterbacks, Aiden O'Connell and Jack Plummer, both guys who could get playing time in this game. I also want to quickly remind you that the Locked On Big Ten podcast is a free show Monday through Friday covering the Locked On or covering the Big Ten across the entire conference. Everything you want to know being hosted by Nate Dickinson. He does a phenomenal job. You can find that on every, every podcast platform and also on YouTube as well. Thank you all for tuning in to another episode of the Locked On Hawkeyes podcast. I appreciate you all. I appreciate the love, the listenership, and the support. Have a fantastic Wednesday, and as always, let's go Hawks.